Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and I have with me this week, Rena Van Alst. Hi, Rena. How are you? Hi, Amanda. How are you? I am not too bad. We are recording this kind of late-ish on a Friday afternoon and I haven't got my glass of wine out yet, but I'm very close to it. So I usually do these in the morning, uh, but I'm looking forward to that Friday afternoon relaxation. Let's say that. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I've just got a bit of work to catch up on, but yeah, I'm definitely going to have a glass of wine at my desk. (laughs) (laughs) I've just moved house as well. So I'm sort of in that stage where everything is upside down and inside out and I can't find my keys or my shoes or, you know, all that normal stuff takes a while to settle into, but that's okay. We're getting there. That's good. (laughs) So we're here today to talk about our wins and frustrations for the week. Do you want to kick off, Rena? What's been frustrating you this week? Yeah, well, last week I had a strata committee meeting with one of my new schemes and we were going through the financials and the committee advised me that their agent had sort of charged them beyond the term of the termination. So the contract had expired, the agent had actually resigned Mm -hmm. um, back in sort of late October last year and therefore when I was appointed, that was way past the three-month period. Mm -hmm. Yet when we actually got the financials, we noted that he had charged three months from the date of the EGM where I was appointed, which meant that they were paying for sort of two months of his agency fee as well as as me starting as well. Mm. So I emailed him as they've asked and and he just basically said, well, the first that I'd heard of it of a new agent being appointed was when the EGM had occurred and, and he really hadn't resigned and even though that was minuted. So mm-hmm. there were also other charges to do with Schedule B charges for work that particulars hadn't been provided Mm. and that's one thing I think it's really important for strata managing agents when you do charge additional fees you really need to itemize what the fees are Mm. and the other thing also was that there were other functions that were undertaken which had been charged for before I collected the books and records and before Mm. my appointment had commenced and then when we asked for a refund of those fees they were also not forthcoming so it's Mm. just been a bit of a strange issue I think for agents in, in particular where sometimes Clients are understanding you must give three months notice even though a contract has expired. That's been one of the very common questions I've had where people have asked me, you know, but our contract's expired. I said, yeah, but it, normally the standard agency agreement, which is put out by previously ISTM and now SCA, do normally have a three-month provision. So sometimes, you know, if the relationship has soured, we would suggest a like a payout. So sometimes it's actually worth paying out the previous agent if really <laughs> you're not getting the service. So. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I was just about to jump in and say I was involved in a similar circumstance last year for a building where they thought that their agent had charged them for things that they shouldn't have been charged for in exactly the same situation as you've just outlined there, Rena, where the building said that the agreement had been terminated, the agent said no, it hadn't, or I was still authorised to carry out these additional duties. And we ended up settling it because it was something like $15,000. It was commercially reasonable for my client to put an offer on the table. It was reasonable for the agent to accept it. Nobody wanted to litigate about it and it settled and everybody moved on. So 
How much are you talking about in your situation? Um, it's not a lot of money, but I suppose it's more about whether, you know, like the, the committee at the moment think that in a sense, you know, this happened so long ago, the resignation, that yeah. they weren't even given an opportunity at the time to say, okay, well, I've now got this notice of a new agent. I'm going to charge you the three months. So they didn't have the opportunity to even say, okay, well, in that case, let's negotiate when my company would take over. So it's a few thousand dollars, but I think mm. it's just more the principle. And in a sense, also when the relationship has soured because of lack of, of work being undertaken in the committee's eyes anyway, mm. it's important that we sort of perhaps just, yeah, we might just sort of send a letter to him, like a formal letter and just see how it goes. And mm. and it's not really worth probably spending too much time and money on it, but it's more about, I think, I mean, strata managing agents should really be careful. To me, your reputation is really important and it's not really worth for anyone to have it soured over such a small amount of money mm. in comparative terms. Yes. The small industry, people know people. And now, as we know, people are going out to get quotes before the 30 May sort of deadline where prior to any extension happening, if that d- does happen by the strata committee. So, mm. yes, yeah, so I just think it's important that um, even though you may have ended your relationship, it's always good to leave on a, on a good note because yeah. your reputation out there in the marketplace is really what holds us as agents in good stead. Mm. And at the moment when that happens, it doesn't really help anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Good advice for not just strata managers, but anybody in business. Let's not be penny wise, pound foolish. Yep. (laughs) Well, that's actually very similar to my frustration this week, Rena. I have been contacted by a committee member and she is a member of two committees, two different buildings that she has investment properties in. And she's received the same notice from each of her different strata managers. And that notice says that our company is going to charge you a lump sum. It's anywhere between about $500 for one building and $700 for another building. A lump sum that we're adding to your next account to cover our costs of having to bring ourselves, our staff members, our policies and procedures up to date now that the new law has taken effect in New South Wales. We are charging all of our schemes this lump sum and it it varies depending on how big the scheme is. The note says that they are entitled to charge that fee under their agency agreement and they're just letting the committee members know that it's going to happen. Now, this committee member has come to me with a concern. The concern is, of course, are they allowed to charge us this? And it looks like they have sent this note to every building that they manage. They are a very large strata management company that has quite a lot of schemes in New South Wales under management. So I can only imagine that probably thousands of buildings have received this note. And there's a real question, I think, having now had some time to look at the agency agreements that this particular building has, these particular two buildings have, a real question as to whether these strata managers can charge this fee. Have you heard about this happening, Rena? Oh, actually, this is news to me. So, mm. no, I haven't actually heard of that. Obviously, this is probably the first time I've actually had a huge change in, in the Act, but yeah. I haven't heard of anyone charging for actually getting ready to mm. be compliant with the Act. So... Mm. And there seems to be, as I said, an assumption there on the part of the managers that they're entitled to charge this fee. And I suppose some buildings just accept that and the $500 or $700 just comes out in the wash. But other buildings like where this particular lady is on the committee are questioning and saying, is this legal? And it's something that I'm still looking at and still taking instructions on. So I haven't formed a fixed view, but 
I am interested to know if there are other committee members, other lot owners, even strata managers out there who are aware of this happening, have had similar concerns, uh, even lawyers who might have given some advice on this. It's something that I think it's important for committee members and lot owners to be across and to make sure that if you are being charged this fee, then the strata manager or the company that the strata manager works for has been able to point to the clause in the agency agreement that gives them the authority to charge that fee. That's the key there. Do they have authority under the agency agreement? And can they point to the clause that gives them that authority? If they can't point to their authority, then query whether they are legally able to recover that fee from you. Mm, Very interesting, actually. So I assume that the letter referenced a section or... It didn't, no. The one that this particular committee member received and sent on to me, um, it didn't reference the section of the agency agreement they were relying on. I think it might have made a general reference to the fact that they're authorised to do it and so they're doing it, Mm. but certainly came as a bit of a shock to this committee member, understandably so, that the first she heard about it was in this in this email Mm. letter. So perhaps again, another lesson for agents, maybe pick up the phone to your chair people and committee members to talk about something like that, because it Mm. certainly hasn't gone down well with this particular committee member. And she's an owner in two different buildings. And I imagine that's indicative of a larger proportion there. Uh, And managers are probably fielding calls about Mm. this. And uh, maybe it could have been dealt with in a, a different way. Yeah, I think you're right, Amanda. Sometimes it's not what you do, it's how you do it. So mm, Absolutely. Yeah, I suppose, I mean, yeah, maybe it would have been good perhaps the strata manager might have telephoned the chairperson or the person who's the main contact and perhaps mm. spoken about it. But then again, if it's a large company, they would have a lot of skin under management. That, that mm. may have been a difficult thing to try and ring everybody and tell them. So, mm. yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. Yeah, so we'll see how that one plays out. But definitely if you've received this kind of a note and you've got a concern about it, don't hesitate to get in touch with me. Amanda at yourstrataproperty.com.au is my email. And I'd be happy to just have a preliminary chat with you about how that fee might have come about and whether or not I think it's legal. Let's move on to our wins for the week. Rena. what has gone well for you this week? Well, this week I had some committee members of a strata scheme contact me about having an EGM convened on their behalf to pass some what they call now common property rights bylaws, which is yes. previously the, the special privilege bylaws. And there was a subdivision that had already occurred and this was sort of omitted from those motions at the time. So now the lawyer acting for those particular lots had emailed them and said, we need to obviously pass this as well now. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the managing agent had already issued an agenda and refused to add those motions and or reissue the agenda, even though there was still time to reissue mm. the agenda. Anyway, so um, I ended up just telling them that it was just best to convene another general meeting just straight after the other one, even though the day after, even though they already had one the day before. There's a bit of a split committee in this particular case and some people don't want to support these bylaws and so therefore they were trying to stifle the agenda being issued. I think it's important for managing agents to understand, in a sense, who has authority to ask you to convene a general meeting. So it's usually the secretary. I think it's one-third of owners requisitioning a general meeting or the secretary. And so these two people are on the committee and they had asked the committee on their behalf. There's obviously issues to do with who's going to pay for the general meeting so I think it's important for the managing agent to write to those owners and say, well, this is the cost of dropping the agenda. 
of holding the meeting and then issuing the minutes as well as any disbursements associated with getting that agenda out and minutes as well. So mm-hmm. I think that they were quite happy that I sort of said, well, it doesn't matter. That meeting's been issued. The agents refused even though, you know, it could have been reissued on that same day. Mm. And, um, yeah, and so they were quite happy now. Hopefully they'll get their bylaws passed. So that's yes. something I can probably report about if it doesn't happen in a few <laughs> weeks' time. <laughs> yeah, a very practical solution to a problem that I've seen before, motions not finding their way onto agendas when they should, and, and good practical advice, I think, hold another meeting. Yeah. So anyone, especially you don't want anything to happen where someone's going to try and undo what's been passed if there's been any issues to do with notice periods. So. Yeah, that's a very good point, and it's one that we see – frequently in the law where these quite technical requirements may not have been met. There were very important motions on the agenda and we're not sure whether or not they might be successfully challenged because things like notice periods haven't been complied with. And advice we do often give is to say, well, hold the meeting again because that will cure any problem with the earlier meeting. So good thing for uh, committee members and managers to remember that that's an option. Yeah. Excellent. So what about your um, win, Amanda? Well, I want to talk about something nice. My something nice is that I was recently in Melbourne, and I think I let the listeners know about that in a in an earlier episode, that I was travelling to Melbourne to attend Deakin University's International Forum on Multi-Owned Properties. And oh. this is a fabulous conference that Nicole Johnston an academic at Deakin University hosts each year and she invites academics from all over the world who research and study multi-owned properties. That's the general term that we use for strata, strata title, condos, different ways of living in apartments around the world. And these academics come from South Africa, they come from New Zealand, they come from China and they let us know what they've been researching, present their papers, and it's also an opportunity to set the agenda for future research for all of these academics to get in the one room and say, okay, well, yeah. what kinds of things should we be looking into over the next year? And it was absolutely one of the best conferences I've been to. It was less industry-focused, if you like, as some mm. other conferences that I go to. It was very much focused on what can we be looking at to improve the way that people live in multi-owned properties around the world? And there was a, a researcher from Tasmania who was looking at ways that people are building collective communities. So they're actually building their own communities from the ground up, literally bricks and mortar stuff, where they all want to live a certain way together It's something that's been quite popular in Berlin where there is former government-owned land and they're able to construct communities from scratch there. She's doing a lot of research into that and looking at how that might fit into Australia. And it was just a, a great opportunity to see not only the different things that happen around the world but how very similar we are. And we all have problems with Pets, parties and parking and... Uh, yeah, noise and... <laughs> exactly. Renovations and exactly. Airbnb and... <laughs> yes, definitely. So I thought that was lovely and I'm looking forward to it again next year and hats off to Nicole Johnston who puts that together 
And I think it's just growing and, and the reputation is really going strong with that. So I encourage anybody who hears about it next year to attend Deacon Uni's conference. Oh, that's wonderful. I think I'm, maybe I might get myself down there perhaps next year as well. Yeah, absolutely. You should. All right. Well, I think that's it from us this week, Rena. I think it's time for that glass of wine. Yeah, I think so too. Have a good weekend, Amanda. <laughs> I will. You too. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today? 